Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We have a very special guest today, Bryce Roberts, former head golf professional at Cape Arundel, Biddeford Saco, Krautsneck, and Perpudic, four great clubs in the southern Maine area. Bryce was recommended to us by Cody Berkowitz. Shout out to Cody for that. We sincerely appreciate it. Bryce, how are you? I'm doing fine. Looking forward to this. Yeah, thank you for joining us. So what are, what are you up to these days? Uh, playing golf, um, uh, playing, you know, with us daughters, sons-in-law, grandchildren, and friends. And uh, I try to keep it to about three days a week. I play more than that. It's not productive. And, uh, you know, the, the ordinary stuff, uh, other than beyond that, being retired. And I give a few, uh, I still help people a little bit with their swings, their game. Uh, uh, all, all, all charity. <laughs> so that's great, though. That sounds like all your family is uh, involved with the game as well. Yeah, Tuesday I'm going to play with my three daughters uh, on, on Tuesday, which we're really looking forward to. Wow, that's great. Where Where do you guys play out of primarily? Um, I'm a, a, an honorary member at Pratsnack uh, and at Papudic, and uh, I'm a Dewsbane member at Benefit Saco. And I have a daughter and a son-in-law that are members uh, at Benefit Saco. I have another son-in-law that's a member of Benefit Saco. And I've got his wife. Uh, my daughter is also they're members at uh, the off-season member at Prouts Neck. That's a, it's an off-season privilege thing, they call it. They can't play during July and August. So that's been great for you to play with them a lot more over there. Yeah, I've heard. And, uh, and my grandchildren. I've heard great things about uh, Biddeford Saco. Uh getting ready for the, uh, the AM in a couple weeks. I've heard the greens are getting fast. Everything's getting firm and conditions are awesome for it. I played, yes, I played day four yesterday. I thought it's just superb shape. Uh, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. The speed of the greens is good. Um, just, just superb shape. Uh, it's a great club. I, I, I'm just amazed because I, you know, I go back to when it was a nine-hole golf course and, and struggling back in 68, 9, when I was there. It's just so wonderful to see them successful. So uh, how, about, uh, how about we just jump right into it? And uh, how did you get into the game? And how did you get up to uh, being the head professional at these amazing golf courses? Been very, very, very lucky. Um, timing is, is important. Luck is very important. Um, I was a baseball, an athlete, a baseball player. Um, and, um, I was just missed another year, a little league and somehow I fell into golf. Uh, I just moved from Sanford to Saco and I fell into golf when I was turning 13, somewhere I turned 13 and Alex Chisholm was a pro a bit of a soccer and he kind of took me under his wing and I worked for him and, and became a pretty good golfer and, and, um, and then went back to baseball <laughs> and played baseball right through college. 
and uh, did play golf, but um, and could play, but um, uh, baseball and basketball and were, were my sports in high school um, and, and in college. Um, and then I uh, taught a couple of years, coached, and, and I got drafted in the Army. And uh, I say I was on a golf course in France, and that kind of laid uh, laid the groundwork. I had no idea about getting in the golf business. But when I got out, um, <clears throat> when I got back, we brother-in-law and I were going to buy a place called Blue Point, And they ended up getting pushed into, into uh, bankruptcy. So I ran up for the bankruptcy court and turned golf professional, decided this is what I want to do. I was 26 years old. Turned 27 about then, um, and then signed on to teach at Thornton the next year and found Academy and um, bit of the soccer opened up and um, if it had been 20 years later they never even would have looked at my application and thrown away because I was not qualified and so I was very very fortunate then uh, they took a chance on a hometown guy and thank, thank, I thank him every day for it and so that's kind of how I got into the business spent three years there and then moved on. And I was pro super. I also was pro super, and um, uh, wasn't afraid to make phone calls and uh, find out a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, we just talked with uh, Mike Dugas, uh, who's uh, owner, head pro, operator at uh, JW Parks, and he's he's again he's one of those guys that does uh, everything over there, and kind of same thing with uh, Keenan Flanagan uh, up at uh, uh, Rockland. I mean, it's, it's impressive that you guys were able to do what you can. I mean, I feel like I'm stressed with just doing the head professional part of it. So impressive. The, the uh, you know, you're talking about two very good golf professionals, those two guys, Keenan and, and Dugas, two very good guys. I was a pro super for my three years, a bit of a soccer. And then my first seven at Cape Arundel, I was a pro super. Then my last year, they let me give it up and my brother-in-law took over. And uh, I was happy, and I was after that just a golf professional, and moved moved away from the uh, ground spot of the you know being a superintendent, which was great. I, that's what I wanted to be was a golf professional anyway. So, but uh, it, it it's quite a task. <laughs> so, uh, so you worked at Bitterford Saco, and then you went over to pra uh, Cape Arundel. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience at Cape. I mean, that's one of my favorite golf courses in Maine, and I mean the history of that course is astounding. Yeah, I mean, that started off well. I mean, I had my interview in a hearse, and uh, I was friends of the golf pro, and uh, it just so happened that I was in the, in the hearse and I talked with the president of the club, and that was my interview. And uh, spent eight wonderful years. That's when my kids were uh, all born down there, and uh, so we were there eight years. It was a wonderful, wonderful eight years. It was quite a different operation when I was there, um, you know, as far as um, uh, no juniors, and you had to teach out in the 18th fairway, uh, no tournament, there was zero tournaments. We had, uh, so it was basically just the play, the uh, member play, and guests could play at certain times. Um, I think it was up until 11 o'clock, and then after three, uh, guests could play. Uh, but it was a, we made some wonderful, wonderful connections lifelong friends and um, two or three of my best friends today are from there. People I met at Cape Arundel. You tell us about, and what about your relationship with Ken Rayner? Yeah, Kenny, Kenny came to me, uh, he was a college boy at Nassau, 
and Jim Stevenson was his uh, was the AD in the basketball coach. And Jim today is one of my best friends. Played golf with him the other day. Um, and Jim recommended Kenny, and uh, so we we had him working in the shop for a couple of years. And um, and 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 he then he started and went to Florida, and then he worked another year. He turned professional, came back, and I realized that Kenny needed to get more experience than what what what. Cape Arundel had to offer at that time. I mean, I was doing all, most of all the teaching. And um, so I was telling Kenny, you got to move on. You know, it's time for me. I'll help you find a job. But you need to learn about tournaments and, and learn about the rest of the business. And up in, I up and uh, left and went to Perputic uh, at the end of that year. It was my eighth year. And, and, uh, and Kenny was a natural uh, just to, to assume the, the duties there and and uh, he, he really, really, I'm so proud of, of Kenny. He really learned his craft. He, he really did. I mean, Kenny was not a very good player. He certainly was in school in the golf business. And boy, did he learn his craft. I'm so proud of him for what he accomplished. Yeah, we, we just had a great conversation with him. And we're, we're definitely hoping to get him back on. But, I, I mean, and what a club to really be at. And, you know, he loves fishing, too. So I, I, I think that location worked out well for him. It certainly did, yeah. It certainly <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. And he had, a, he had a, a good friend there that did some fishing. We did some fishing with. <laughs> President so tell, tell us about your time at, at the next the next spot, the next club you were at. Yeah, I put it for 10 years. And um, this was on to a totally different, a full, you know, full club with with the, you know, the restaurant, the tournaments, and the, all, the, all the, the social life and all that. And, uh, and it was a period in my 40s. I was basically late 30s and 40s there. Uh, and what a, what a great experience, uh, preparation to then go on to the next thing that I, that I did uh, after that. Uh, but it was, uh, and I still had, I met some wonderful people at, at Papudic, and I, and I live in the community. We moved, we moved to Cape Elizabeth in 1979, and we've been in the same house since. Uh, so uh, that was, a, was quite, a, quite an experience there. And they gave me an honorary membership when I left, which the family won, so, uh, which was wonderful. I don't abuse it. Yeah, it's really one of the great clubs. And, you know, we, we kind of sent out a best courses and main list and had our viewers listen to it and vote on it. And, Pudic, I don't think was was that one in the top ten, Zach. I can't remember if it finished uh, maybe just outside of that. It it, it definitely I think he it upset a, uh, a a higher seed, but I can't remember the full details on that. Yeah, uh, I mean a great old school course, and you know you got that first hole, or you can you can potentially reach the green, and then that second hole at par five up the hill. I mean, it's kind of a – and then the third hole of the bunker in the middle of the fairway. Those, those three holes just start. I, I love that. And then, uh, you know, the, the par five on the back nine, can't remember the hole, but I believe Arnold Palmer, didn't he eagle it like two days in a row or something? I, I, think, I think it was three. It was it, Three days year, in a row. The last year they had the tournament. I think he did it all three days, I think. Yeah. 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 The second and third hole, my first six, seven years there was – a, a beautiful par four the second hole going straight out and the third hole was a little different you hit out and you went over a hill to, to a green you really couldn't see and of course when they they, they made those changes and uh uh while the tournament was still in force i think i think i think they came into play 
I don't know, all three years, certainly the last year, I know that from talking with Annie Palmer about that second hole uh, and what he thought about it. And, uh, so I do remember it was there for, the, for that. I just can't remember exactly when uh, they changed number two and three. So I'm sure during your time at Cape Arundel and Perpudic, you probably ran into a few uh, pretty interesting people. Can you tell us about maybe a couple stories that come to mind? The, the, the biggest one was the one I didn't take advantage of. I was <laughs> about 1974 or 5, right in there, I was 34, 5 years old, and I got a call from uh, the superintendent at Sanford Country Club and said, hey, Bryce, I got you playing with Ted this afternoon, 2 o'clock, Ted Williams. And I said, geez, I got a whole afternoon of lessons. I can't play. I can't do that. Well, my father never forgave me uh, for passing that up. Uh, and, and 17 years later, I'm at my first year at Prox Neck, and I get a call from uh, my, I'm down with finish up the morning lessons about 11.30, and I got a break of about an hour, needs to take, get, grab a sandwich and make some phone calls and go teach all afternoon, and my wife comes down to the tea and says, uh, Bryce, um, uh, President Bush wants you to play golf with him this afternoon. And I said, Mary, cancel all those lessons. I'm, I'm out of here. So uh, youth is wasted on the young. But, no, it was wonderful. Uh, Cape Arundel, uh, you know, Jim Rice, uh, lucky enough to play with Jim Rice. Uh, Jack Nicholas came my first year there to give a clinic and use my clubs, and it was wonderful to have him there. Um, uh, there, there was uh, a couple other baseball players that came, um, an actor off a of, It was all a wonderful start, a mystery land. From, I grew up in Saco. You know, we went to – Benefit or Old Orchard Beach or Portland. That's where we went. We didn't go to Kennebunk Port. So this is a whole different world. And uh, we, we loved it down there. My, my, my wife still loves it down there. That's where she wants to go live in her next life. So. But, That's so um, cool. Yeah, and Mr. Bush, uh, President Bush, um, uh, playing with him, my first year playing with, with President Bush and his father, the former senator, uh, and another of his brothers, Prescott Bush Jr., and uh, just that whole experience. And that time, uh, the elder Bush had a share of the course record. And my last year, I, I managed to gain a, pile of, a share of that also. So I always felt that, uh, what, what a wonderful thing that was to be. Uh, but playing, playing with those three Bush guys that time, and I played a lot of golf with, with, uh, with President Bush, you know, during the eight years I was there. He'd come for the month of August usually, and uh, if he was in town. <laughs> But that's there's just a lot of a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people you wouldn't even maybe necessarily meet, but you knew they had some importance out there in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean the faces you see at those clubs. I mean, it's, that's great. And then to have Jack Nicholas hold your clubs and and you know give a give a clinic with those. That's that's quite that's uh, quite special. And I remember, I remember, I, I remember him. Him, uh, he's using the clubs and he's hitting up the 18th fairway. And I remember um, uh, I turned and he said, Bryce, you know somebody down at McGregor that I don't know? I like these clubs. <laughs> exact, exact same clubs he used, VIPs. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, you know, I, I haven't heard about as many clinics. Obviously, this year is a, an outlier, but even in the past few years, I haven't heard of as many pros maybe coming up to our state. I know Lucas Glover summered here for a little while. I believe he got married at Sabasco, but I remember when I was a kid, we had uh, Billy Casper 
and Doug Sanders come up to Highland Green and tops him. And I actually, I was fortunate enough to be able to caddy for Billy Casper for a couple holes. And then Doug Sanders gave me a lesson on the ninth hole at Highland Green. And I have no idea what he told me, but fond memories of that for sure. And Billy, Billy, I love Billy. He, my first year, uh, they had the seniors tournament at Papudik in 84. I went up to, there were 21 or two pros, whatever the were, senior pros. And this is brand new, this tournament. And I went up to each one of them and I introduced myself and said, uh, is there anything you need? Anything I can do for you, anything I need? And it, all of them except for Casper said, thank you for asking, but I'm, I'm okay. They're taking good care of us. Casper said to me, um, you know, a good chiropractor. And I said, <laughs> gee, I said, my dad's an, an osteopath. and he, He's good. I mean, he's a doctor. He's, he's good. Well, we got them lined up and he went out to see my father. And, and then he went out the next day, brought his wife and Mrs. Cass out in the kitchen. My dad's office was in the house. And um, uh, so I ended up establishing this nice relationship with Casper because of that. And the next year he came back and I went up to Casper and I said, hi, Bill. Anything I can do for you? Yeah, get your father. I need to talk to him. <laughs> my, father, my father just died about a month before. So, <laughs> just, but it was, uh, it was, uh, Wonderful. I, I really, really enjoyed those senior pros. They were wonderful to me, wonderful to my wife. I thought they were wonderful to the staff. And they did a lot for Kaputa uh, Club, for having that tournament there for three years. So so during those first uh, three positions and, you know, growing up in the game, who were some of your, your influences or biggest influences? You know, um, for better or worse, and um, there are advantages both ways. I never was an assistant. I started right off as a head pro. So I never got to learn from anybody and watch the things they do that are successful or unsuccessful. Um, but, you know, Jim Gill was at Portland Country Club. This is back in the uh, late 60s and, and the 70s. And I always idolized Jim because he just looked the pride of a golf pro. He dressed it. He had, he could play. I knew, I, I knew he could teach. He just... He just, to me, was a consummate golf professional. I'm talking back in the late, in the 60s and late 70s, and even in the 70s up until the early 80s. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Mal Strange. I like, I love Mal Strange yeah. um, up at Brunswick. Uh, a lot of good advice uh, that I got from him. And, and I got to think there are other people. I've been, I've been retired now for 14 years, so I, I kind of um, am not on top of things like I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I knew mal quite a, i mean you know great guy and he's still he's still giving lessons at at brunswick from what i hear and uh you know i got to kind of cross paths with him quite a bit growing up and playing at mount Ararat and him being the coach at brunswick so uh it's it's funny to bring his name up but. i talked with him on the phone uh a couple months ago we're trying to get a list of some golf pros and run down some things and had a wonderful wonderful chat i hadn't chatted with him for a long time Two other people that influenced me a lot, uh, now that I go back, one was Doug Dome, the man I succeeded at Cape Arundel. He had been there about 37 years. And I ran into Doug, and I knew him, I'd met him, but I ran to him down in Florida at a place we used to hit balls and go pick up your balls, at a park down there in West Palm Beach or Lake Worth. Um, and so I got to spend an awful lot of time with him uh, during the, those two winters that I was down there. and. He, Doug was the, the guy who never smoked, drank, or had a cigarette in his life, or a cup of coffee in his life. Um, and, and it was just a, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. 
Um, and um, I say he died one my third year at the soccer towards the end. That's why I, that job opened up. And um, the other was Dick McLeod down at York. Uh, I wasn't afraid to go down. I was having some problems with some student and I wasn't able to figure out what was going wrong. I wasn't afraid to go down. Give Dick a call and take him down. Dick, what am I missing? I'm missing something here. So uh, I love Dick McLeod. Another superb golf professional. York has had mm. some good ones. He's superb. <laughs> he is good. He was good. Well, you haven't really quite pointed out yet, but it, it sounds to me, based on everything that you've said thus far, that, that coaching and instruction has been maybe one of your favorite things to do for being a golf pro. It really, I mean, I, I taught a lot at Cape Rondo, and I taught a lot at uh, Vaputa, not maybe not quite as much as Cape Rondo, because uh, I had a lot more going on. I did have an assistant there, uh, but uh, uh, Prouts, I did an awful lot of teaching. I really uh, got better at it. I mean, I, you always think, you know, when you're giving lessons uh, in year eight, geez, wow, I think the lessons I gave in year three, wow. And then in year 15, you think about the lessons you gave in year 10, wow, I learned, oh, my God. I mean, this goes all the way and progresses. But I always felt the last 16 years I was at Cross Neck that I, I really felt very, very comfortable and uh, teaching and enjoyed teaching and, um, uh, and it, it basically was kind of overwhelming in the summer, in the spring and fall. I mean, it was uh, had a lot of time, to, a lot of time to not to teach them, but it was mostly focused on July and August. And I just did a lot of teaching. So, uh, so and I love to teach now. I love to teach now. I love to encourage people. Let me help you out. I don't want any money. No, I won't take any money. I just love to. To, again, if I was doing it all day long, I wouldn't want to do it. But I just love to. Uh, somebody interested in they show a sign, they might want to play golf. Somebody's wife at that time or their kids. And, hey, let's go out and consider, you know, let's, let's see if maybe we can get you interested. So I still love to teach. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, rewarding seeing the, uh, the growth from student to student and the progressions and, you know, the joy that you can bring them just by, you know, helping them. Uh, Shoot, uh, you know, knock a couple strokes off their game. Uh, and and I had a, I had a guy that that um, uh, that worked for me that um, uh, became very successful uh, as a teacher and of course as a, an announcer on CBS, uh, Peter Costas. And Peter worked. I talked Peter into getting in the business. He was uh, had been an engineer and came home and wanted to try something else. And, and one day I said, Pete, did you ever think about becoming a golf professional? And Peter says, uh, well, I was going to talk to you about that. I said, you're hired. So he worked for me the next year. And, you know, he, this is talk about Kenny Raylan and his craft. Well, I think Peter learned his pretty well. Peter, um, uh, and I wish I could take credit. I can take, I can take credit for some of Kenny's success. I can take no credit for Peter's. He uh, just, I mean, what a, what a marvelous, marvelous life and career that Peter's had. And, again, I can't take any credit for it. Peter tries to treat Peter always tries to make me look good though. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, you had, you had teaching and you had, uh, you know, this development of, uh, you know, Peter Costas, Ken Rayner, which one did you enjoy more being able to teach or to help, uh, fellow golf professionals grow in the industry? 
I think it's going. I can't say. I think the whole, the whole thing, and very at, at, at certainly the last job, I was very interested in my fellow golf professionals. As you get older, I was by then I was into my fifties and sixties, and I'm very aware of my fellow golf professionals. But I also was very much into my teaching, and of course, your golf game suffers. In my case, my golf game suffered, so I didn't play like I maybe played in my late twenties and thirties, but. Um, uh, I'd say the two of them, you, 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 you nailed it down, teaching and, 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 and being concerned about my fellow golf professionals, how they're doing. What were some of the better parts of your game? Um, probably I was a good iron player. My, when I was yeah. playing well, I was a good iron player. Um, never, never, never um, I don't think I was a shot off the tee, but I never was long like a lot of those guys. But um uh, again my game i used to have to play a lot of golf when i was 24 when i played baseball right at the university of connecticut right through my senior year there and uh and, and they really started to play golf but i was coaching legion and then coaching coaching uh, uh teaching and coaching in the high school for a couple of years and coaching legion in the summer so i never like played a lot until the summer of 64 and then i really played I mean, I could play, but I mean, uh, but I really played a lot of golf Then I got drafted. And so then I played a heck of a lot when I got out of the Army in 66 and 67. And, um, and then I went to work, of course. But yeah, you know, you nailed it. The, um, the, the game, I know when I went to Paputik, and also with the new responsibilities with kids now, with um, the game suffers. Some, something has to give. <laughs> And I'm not alone. A lot of guys go through it. Some guys can hold on to it better. And I always admire the people who can hang on to the game and, and still make it their, their a big focus and not let it slip. I always admire those guys. Yeah, I think, you know, I think as golf professionals, in some way, it's, it's kind of a responsibility of us to also be able to play, find that time, keep our games relatively sharp so we can – you know, carry that on and help grow the game. And, and whether it's playing in a pro-am or teaching and coaching, you know, to me, it's like, well, if I don't feel comfortable hitting a certain shot, how am I going to really coach that? Right. So I think it, at some point it is important to, to stay involved and, and uh, you know, with, with golf as, as big as it is, as it is right now, I mean, it, you know, the last three tournaments, Zach and I watching and discussing, you know, it's, it's great to see where the game is and, and then being able to go out and play during this time as well. I remember my first year at Benjamin Sacco. And again, don't forget, I just got hired as a golf professional with really not much experience. And uh, thinking about different things and saying, I think I better learn how to play a bucket shot. I'm going to be able to you know, really be understand it. And, I, and other phases of the game, I better understand this stuff. I'm going to be teaching it. So I'll never, never forget that. Uh, again, I never had the experience of working with somebody. And uh, there, there's much to be gained by it. <laughs> Wait, so for, for our listeners, though, we need to hear the tour sauce. you got to teach us about how you hit these bunker shots. What did you find oh. out? <laughs> Somebody once said to me, uh, splash a bounce. You know, and that when it really began to make a lot of more sense to me. Splash it out. Uh, splash it out. Splash it out. Or, and some people, you say splash and... You know, when you say not the club bouncing, 
oh, they, they now they understand. But again, <laughs> I got a guy like Costas. I mean, those guys are such great teachers. Yeah. They have, they have so many different ways of saying something. Uh, and you've probably had the experience. Uh, and they're going to hit on something eventually that you understand. I mean, I, how many times that I've given lessons to somebody and, and told them to do something, and they say, what? Yeah, why didn't you say that before? I said it in about six other ways. Now <laughs> you understand. I'm sure you've had that experience. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah, and absolutely. The best, teachers, the best teachers have the most ways of saying, of, of, of saying something. Right. Splash. I like that. That's a good one. Splash it out. <laughs> I got two daughters. I'm working on that right now. <laughs> well, Bryce, we uh, we really enjoy this conversation. We appreciate you coming on. We uh, we like to end our our conversations with a uh, a section we call the Wicked Fire Round. Okay, so I have four questions for you, and you just answer them kind of as quickly as you can. We'll we'll run right through them. Okay. Sound like Mike Wallace on uh, Sunday morning. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so your favorite course in Maine. Today, Abenaki, Bitterford Pool. Best kept, Maine's best kept secret. Rick, today, I would never have said that years ago. But it used to be, it, it used to be five of them. It used to be Aristic Valley. It used to be Penabi, um, not Penabi, I'm sorry, uh, Kibo Valley, Portland Country Club. And I don't count the places I worked. Uh, Webb Hannett, and uh, those, those, those are my favorite ones right there. I don't, I don't count them. There's a couple I was pro at that are very, very special to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'll be 80 <laughs> next week. I'll be 80 next week. That's my, I don't play that often, but that's uh, my favorite place to play golf. Yeah, we've, uh, we've definitely uh, heard some unbelievable things about Abenaki, and we're, uh, we're trying to sneak on there at some point this, uh, as soon as we can get a break and uh, get down there. My wife ran it for five years, so. The, the pro shop in the, in the clubhouse for five years. So that's how I got to kind of play a lot down there. All right, your dream foursome. My dream foursome is Tuesday. I'm playing with Christine, playing with Lindsay, and I'm playing with Elizabeth, my daughters. And that's my dream with me. That's my dream foursome. Man, you, just know, how, you just know how to get to our listeners, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's much that's what I'm, I'm going to heaven in that, in that situation that's great uh your idol growing up ted williams and tiger woods or jack nicholas uh identify more with jack uh I'm, I'm his age exactly you know we both graduated from college same year um uh, Jack, yeah, Jack. I admire I admire Tiger so much uh, for what he's done um, and what he went through, uh, the life he had, the upbringing he had, and all that stuff. But uh, it looks like he's back on top again. I, I hope for him um, and for golf. And but Jack, I mean, Jack didn't play uh, didn't play a lot. Look what he did. All right, I got uh, I got one final one here, and this is going to throw you right on the spot. So, all four courses that you worked at, if you could only play one of them, which one would you play? Crossnet. Just um, um, the 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 difficulty of the golf course. Uh, it's a good length, I think, without being overpowering. 
We've got the water on many of the holes. It's in, always in great shape. Um, I love the people there. Just um, I know that part of it is the people that I'm going to run into there. They're just wonderful people. I know. Uh, I know. Chris Twombly's going to uh, really enjoy uh, listening to that part of that. Uh... And, and seeing Chris, and seeing Chris, of course, being able to say hi, Chris, as I go out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's been blowing me up. We uh, we ran a bracket about uh, top main golf courses, and of course it was like Sugarloaf, Belgrade, Sunday River, and he was texting me nonstop about how uh, upset he was that Prouts uh, wasn't up there, and how the uh, old school architecture was uh, not uh, voted as much as he thought it should be. Yeah, I mean, Prouts is different. Prouts is different. A lot of bunkers. <laughs> And you don't have to hit it today. It's a little easier. You don't have to hit it straight. They've really cleared it out, so it's a little bit easier now. But I just, I love the golf course. Yeah, it's probably why I play it better now. It's, uh, it's a little bit more friendly for, uh, for us shorts uh, hitters that uh, spray it. Yeah, it made, made a better driver of the golf ball out of me. Again, I went there at age 50, and uh, I became a much better driver of the ball because you had to. Or you're dead. <laughs> Well, Bryce, we uh, we truly appreciate you jumping on, and uh, you know, thanks for taking the time, and also thank you for your service. Uh, you know, we truly appreciate everything you've done for uh, you know not only the country but for uh, for our uh, great state of uh, Maine and the Gulf. Um, but uh, once again, thanks again for taking the time, and uh, we truly appreciate it. Yeah, and what was your your connection again? Uh, are you a golf professional also? So I'm the uh, the head professional at uh, Sugarloaf Golf Club. Oh, you are! Oh, golly, golly! And and again, and I didn't catch your name. What was it again? Uh, I'm Zach. Uh, so Zach Zonlo. Zach Zonlo. Yep, Zach. Yep. I haven't been up there for a few years. Um, and 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 Henry's at uh, is it Martindale? Yes, Where's sir. It? Yeah. Okay. You being nice to your golf professional there? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to be. The guy is, I mean, he's unbelievable. Tell Nick him I said Le hi. Nick, I, Nick Likos, I will. I'll tell yeah, him you said tell, hi. Tell Nick, tell Nick I said hi. Yeah, I, have a, I have a lot of respect for Nick, too. He's, yeah, he's, he's, a he's a damn good man. He is. He's, he's worked his tail off, and uh, it's great to see that they're taking over, and I think many, th many good things to come at that club. Yeah, and I hate, I missed a bunch of guys that are very good golf professionals, but the guys I happen to speak, I mean, they came up and I, but there's a lot of good ones out there. You know it. <laughs> well, well, Bryce, uh, we're about to get cut off, but uh, thanks again for jumping on. We truly appreciate it. And uh, this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk.